Well, hey, uh, welcome to Joe Tells All. Um, I have a guest today. His name is uh, David Lau. Um, pretty much my cousin for all for those who don't know, he's my cousin uh, from my dad's side. Um, we kind of grew up together. Our childhood was we we saw each other a lot uh, growing up, but then we kind of split ways. I don't know when we were what like twelve. Adulthood, yeah, yeah, just uh, around that time. <laughs> all right, man. And how have you been? I've I've been good. I've been good. I've been uh, just just focusing on school, then my career, and um, I'm in a good place right now. I'm in a good oh, yeah? place. I'm getting my real estate license. I'm almost done with it. So, oh, nice. Congrats, man. It's it's not Thank easy. You. It's not. No, <laughs> no. It's been uh, been taking a lot of study, but uh, I've been been following the right path, and um, almost there. Almost. I actually got my LLC. Um, Paperwork turned in yesterday, so it's oh, uh, another well, congrats. Yeah, thank you. That's great. And by when are you supposed to be a realtor? Um, if things go according to plan, I should take my state exam in February or end of February, if not end of February, early March, and then I should be able to hang up my license at a brokerage either end of March or mid March is what I'm hoping for. Awesome. Try to catch. <laughs> Yeah, I tried to sign on right at the spring rush, so that way I can try to get as much experience as I can right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. Understandable. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to become an attorney myself, so I know, I know what the studying feels like. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> you got to cram that in with a full-time schedule at work. It was, uh, you know, it was not easy for a while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on the bright side, you don't have a family, you don't have kids, a wife to really worry much about. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah, um, you know, you know, kids are a blessing. Having a wife is a blessing, but it is yeah. still a struggle because, especially as a guy, you're like responsible. You're kind of like you know, king of the household that you got to make sure everything's working, everything's running. You know, making sure there's bread on the table and stuff. You know, it's yeah, it's exactly it's done, difficult. <laughs> Oh yeah, but hey, you know what? Like you said, it's a blessing. Uh, not complaining about it. It's it's actually something good for me. Help, I mean, it helps me grow. So uh, there's always positives to it, more than negatives for sure. Oh yeah, definitely it gives you purpose. Gives you like a sense to wake up and go out and accomplish and do stuff. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that's that's something that's missing in life. I think. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not sure if you've heard my other episodes, but I've been talking about motivation quite a bit. And I feel like that's a, a motivator uh, that to kind of push you to through life, you know, having someone there. That, I mean, you have a girlfriend, right? Um, oh, yeah. So, I mean, I bet she's one of the biggest encouragements that you have in life. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you a fun story. So, she, so I've been debating. So, I've I was out of school for a while and then I was like, Oh, I want to go back to school, but I just been putting it off cause I was dealing with other things. And then she's like, yeah, you need to go back to school. And she like <laughs> kind of pushed me and encouraged me to go, go do it. So I, um, I went back to school. It wasn't for real estate at first. I was going back to my, uh, my other school. I was studying marketing, but my job was paying for it. So the good news is I was not getting into debt by doing school, but, 
after I ran the math and I'm like, you know what? I have to stay at my job for like six years for me to even get this bachelor degree. I don't think it's like, you know, the amount of time I'm doing and I'm not happy at this job right now. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do something else. And then I got into real estate and she's like, okay, yeah, as long as you're trying to do something to progress forward, that's cool. I'm like, yeah, she's like, she's a big motivator. She's, you know, she's Latina. So she would just, she would just tell you how it is. She's from the Bronx. So, you know, she just, Ooh, <laughs> she's not New York feeling. <laughs> yeah, she's tough. <laughs> oh man, trust me. I lived there. I lived there for 44 or five years. So I, I know. <laughs> Oh yeah, she's um she's she's very accomplished. She's very educated. She's got a master's in finance. So it's one of the things I, I admire greatly about her is that she's really well educated and really on her shit. And what's what's her uh her background? What's her her background? She's from the Bronx. Uh, she's just born and raised. She went to she went to John Jay University, and then she just she's just really smart. I think she got like a scholarship there and. Her, she, she's got a really good head on her shoulder. She's very traditional. Um, I think that's something I, I've never dated a Latina before. She's actually my first Latina, you oh. know, and um, she, uh, there's, there's just cultural things that she understands right off the rip that that is just not there with other like dating mm -hmm. outside of race as a, like, like a Latino. There was a really big fight I had with my ex one time where um, we were debating, and this, this sounds silly, but it's just kind of like a key, like a small thing that led to like a bigger issue is that, um, you know, when I'm older, I have the philosophy of, hey, when I'm older and I have a house, if my mom can't take care of herself, I'll have a room set aside for my mom so where she can stay, if that way, you know, she can help out around the house and I can keep an eye on her. And then maybe if she's like at a point where we can't take care of her, then maybe we can consider like a nursing home or facility where there's on-site staff who can help her with medical issues. But, oh, but first, like, firstly, she'll come live with us first if she can't take care of herself. And my ex was like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to live with my mother-in-law, blah, 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 blah. And granted, this is not an issue that would happen for maybe 40 years down the line, but I think that shows a very big difference in family values yeah. between her. Because, like, she does not have a good relationship with her mom and dad, so she did not care and did not want to have a good relationship with my mom. And I love my mom. You can call me a mother's boy all you want, but, you know, that woman raised me. So, like, at, at the, especially in Hispanic households, at the very least, like, you know, you got to respect your parents. You got to respect your grandparents. You know, and, um, you know, whenever I was bringing that up with my current girlfriend, she's like, yeah, no question. Same thing with my mom. You know, she can't take care of herself at a younger age. I would expect us to, like, take her in, take care of her for a while, at least, until we figure something out and make sure that's the right play. And I'm like, yeah, totally. And also Hispanic households, we don't do daycare. You know, we don't pay, you know, a hundred bucks of whatever a week for some daycare to watch our kids. We usually drop them off at cousins or nephews or Someone's, you know, we kind of keep it in the family. I think it's better yeah. for it yeah. like that way because they're going to be more incentivized to care more yeah. for the kid. Also, they generally won't charge you um, most of the time. So, you know, it's just economically and for the child's well-being, it's better. Yeah, I mean, what is daycare? I mean, honestly. Exactly right. No, that's good, man. I mean, last time I saw you, you, you were not doing so well. So I'm glad to see you happy, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it took me a while to 
figure out where to go from there. But um, I'm I'm glad I got it figured out. It's um, I have a fire in my in my spirits now. That's just kind of just kind of you know, lighting the way and letting me just kind of push forward. And I can see that. I mean, now it's a perfect segue to to the topic of today. Um, I the reason I wanted you to be a guest is because I I know you're big in the world of Comic Con. You're you're pretty much invested into it. Um, but not only that, but even your workouts, you know, Instagram and all this, your pictures, I see how kind of anime or Comic-Con itself kind of, um, is a part of you. And so the reason I wanted to talk about Comic-Con was because, um, I've noticed that anime or anything to do with anime, superheroes, the world of Marvel, the world of DC, it's, um, it's portrayed or it's made see it, it seems to me that people kind of bash on people who love that world the world of marvel for example knowing uh going back to the comic books knowing the roots um people get bullied for it and um i can't, i don't love bullying at, at all okay uh it's something i'm against um and i myself like anime but i don't watch it because i i'm not too sure what to watch or what i will be able to get into um and plus i can't even sit still in front of a tv for a while or a screen for a long time but uh um, busy i'm behind on a lot of shows actually so i i completely get you so i mean you you're a big you're a big believer in, in comic-con and anime and all this so can you tell me more or less how you started how you entered into this whole world yeah, definitely. Um, I I feel like the first proper anime that like really got me hooked was the Vegeta versus Goku fight. Um, it was probably I was at my grandma's house. I was like five. It was just like I just turned on the TV and it was like one of the first things I saw. And I was like, ooh, like what is this? And like back then we didn't call it anime. We called it cartoons because that's what it was. But I saw like you know it was the Vegeta versus Goku fight, and it's like this big fight. And it's, like, very action-oriented. I'm, like, and I'm used to, like, some cartoons. I'm used to Bugs Bunny cartoons where they use, you know, action as, like, a slapstick humor. But this was, they were doing kung fu. They were doing laser beams. It was, like, what is this? This is this is crazy. This is awesome. And um, I think that was, like, my first true experience with anime. And then I, I, there with, with different anime, there's different, I guess, genres. I feel like whatever shows you watch kind of have a reflection of like your style and what you're kind of into. If you like horror, there's probably an anime for that. If you like um, action, there's plenty of anime for that. If you like uh, girly stuff, I knew a lot of girls in like middle school who are like, oh, I like anime. And I'm like, oh, cool. What do you like? And they'd mention some obscure thing I've never like watched or never wanted to watch. It'd be like uh, Oren Host High School Club or, uh, Rosero Vampire, some some girly anime that are, you know, usually more about feelings and romance and comedy and stuff. Sailor like Moon. Exactly, yes. Yeah, though, though, to be fair, though, Sailor Moon is kind of fire, though. I'd still watch Sailor Moon myself. Yeah, no, and... I agree. I used to wake up at 6 to watch it. Be like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, no, it's, um, like, it, it has... It's, it's its own thing to where it has different, like, genres, depending on what you like. If you like sci-fi, you can watch this. If you like violent, gory stuff, you can like this. Or if you like raunchy, 
stupid humor, you can watch this. So it, it's it's big enough to where you can kind of like Marvel. Like if you want to watch something very niche, very specific, you can pick something that's probably for you. And and uh, where did you make that transition from just watching it to actually making it a part of you? I feel like when I was in high school, I was part of like a sports team. And, um, you know, part of the philosophy of Dragon Ball Z is basically you train and then you get stronger. And I would watch that. And I felt like it really motivated me with me working out, wanting to be the strongest, wanting to be the best. And I, I feel like I still incorporate that to this day. Um, I feel honestly the happiest when I was really on my purpose. When I was in high school, I was really happy being in good shape and just doing my thing. And then I fell off, you know, just adult stuff happened. I was in college. I didn't really have any money. I was a broke college kid, so I didn't really afford the gym membership I have. And then I got into other bad habits that led me to let myself go, basically. And then after some other stuff happened, other adult stuff life happened, I decided to get back into the gym. And me, I, I suffered from a few years of body dysmorphia um, when I was in a previous relationship. That's part of the reason why I stopped cosplaying because I just, you know, it didn't, I did not feel good look be wearing tights when I was, you know, at a certain body body weight, body style. And um, so when I went back to working out, I was at first just to trim down a couple of pounds just so I didn't look as bad. And then now I just, I, I go to the gym almost every day. So I... So I, so I feel great because I want to, because I love it, you know, so much. And it's, um, there's other anime besides Dragon Ball Z, like, uh, Baki is one. My Hero Academia is a fun shonen one that's just, just dumb fun that I like to watch. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is a really wacky, crazy one that I really enjoy. And the first three, uh, parts, all the dudes are just super jacked. So I'm like, yeah, I want to look like that guy. Oh, yeah. So, um... <laughs> It's um it's it's really it's a really wacky, really fun way to like, you know, work out. And whenever I would wear anime tank tops to the gym, I would have some people be like, Oh, what you know about Jujutsu Kaisen or Oh man, that's a really sweet like Dragon Ball Z I'd have like a Vegeta tank top or something, you know. And um it's it's really fun just as a way of self expression and also it'd be a really fun conversation starter if someone comes up to me and is like, Oh yeah, I like Attack on Titan, that's pretty cool, you know. Yeah, yeah. Has it evolved from high school days to now? Yeah, yeah. Do you think it's more like, respected now? I, I feel like it's definitely cooler to like anime and manga and comics and stuff versus then. I remember one of my, this was one of my best friends. One of my best friends at in high school, He I was reading a Batman comic. And, it, and I can tell you, it, it was Batman The Long Halloween. It's considered one of the best Batman, like, comics that are out there that exist. That's where, well, that's what the latest Matt Reeves movie with Robert Pattinson, that's what that movie is based off of, is that comic. I was reading that, and then my best friend at the time, he goes up to me, and he's like, wow, you're still reading comic books? What are you, eight? And he just starts clowning me. And I'm like, okay, it's whatever. You know, like, I guess that's just high school. You're used to people dogging you for no reason or whatever. And then now, whenever, I think after the Avengers movie, I think that's when it really took off, um, which happened around the end of the school year, my senior year. So end of the year, my senior year, ironically, the Avengers movie comes out, becomes a box office hit. Everybody starts loving it. And all of a sudden... The word I heard thrown around in college is geek is chic. So meaning geek is now cool because you're now 
you know, it's 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 trendy to be like. I've never uh, heard like, of that. Yeah, I think it was the hipster movement. I think whenever they're like, oh yeah, I'm cool because I'm nerdy, so I'm smart, and I also like this, so you know X Y Z. And um, yeah, I think it's it's more mainstream now, which it, it's good and bad. There there's some gatekeepers who are like, oh well, I liked it before, and this and that, and they're still super like toxic on certain forums and websites and i'm like okay cool more people to enjoy and talk stuff about i don't really care about gatekeeping i'm like okay cool more people to enjoy my thing and get my witty references that you know only certain you know comic book fans or certain you know fandoms will be able to pick up would you say would you say that uh it's now for the cool kids you know i remember in high school growing up it was always if if you liked anime, you were a loser, and you were going to get bashed on a lot. Oh, yeah. Because I remember, seems actually, I had, like, two friends, um, and uh, they loved anime. And sometimes they would wear something that portrayed their favorite anime, and they would get bashed on all the time. And so uh, they would always pretty much attribute anime to geeks and nerds and losers. And so would you say now it's for the cool, now it's something cool to do? I would say so to a degree. I feel like it's more mainstream now. So it's less, it's less mocked. It's less like picked on. Like you can still make, there's certain things about the community that can be what's called cringe is the young generation Z will call it. So if um, I had a, I had a Facebook friend, for example, he got in trouble because he works at FedEx and at that job, you can wear whatever you want. He wore like a hentai hoodie where like it's a girl, like an anime girl who's making like a very lewd face, like a very, um, I forgot the name of the, what the face is called, but it's like a very lewd expression that they make whenever they're in the middle of some explicit act. And uh, he got in trouble for it, obviously. And I'm like, hmm, well, no shit. He's like, oh, they don't like it because it's anime. And I'm like, no, they don't like it because it's rated R, you dumb nitwit. <laughs> so there's certain people, like, there's still certain people in that crowd that are very, you know, socially isolated that that don't pick up social cues. So, so there's some bad apples in there. But I think, yeah, it is more mainstream to accept anime now. It's more mainstream to like not make fun of it if, if someone does make it their entire personality though then that can be you know a little like yikes like okay well let's let's talk about something else other than you know XYZ <laughs> for a time. yeah oh yeah so why comic-con then um like why why what's the importance of comic-con for for me, I think Comic Con is you know like you keep in mind some there is a small circle of comic book geeks and anime geeks that like that are very socially isolated. So for especially for me at the time because I was in high school and I didn't really like to go out and do as many social gathering stuff that I do now. Um, it's one of the few times where you can go out and uh, you know just let your freak flag fly, you know. And it's I feel like it's. For me, it's actually easier to kind of, um, I'm going to use this as an example, but I don't do this anymore because I have a girlfriend now, but uh, I think it's kind of easier to pick up girls at Comic-Con than it is to go to a bar because at Comic-Con, I'm like, oh, your costume, your XYZ, and then you can talk about, you know, uh, she's wearing a costume of like Sailor Moon. It's pretty obviously she likes Sailor Moon, right? So you can talk about that yeah. with her or you can you can throw some act, be like, okay, girl, I see, you know, I remember... Um, 
there's this um there's this superhero on my hero academia called icy hot it's like this guy who has like half ice power half uh firepower and there was this girl who was dressed as that character and keep in mind the character's name is icy hot is a nickname that one of the other characters give her uh, give them and i'm like oh hey girl hey what's up icy thoughts you know and i was just spitting some game i was just being stupid and she thought it was funny you know just i i think it's easier to have a conversation with people and there's there's a very low barrier of at difficulty when it comes to talking to someone because you know you're obviously there because you both like the same interests you either like comics or anime depending on what type of convention you're going to and so super easy to strike up a conversation. And I've met friends uh, at Comic-Con that are like years ago that I'm still in contact with that are still friends with me to the day. Some of them I see on a weekly basis sometimes. Some of them I only see at cons. Some of them I see on like a semi-regular basis, just depending on who they are, what they do, stuff like that. Oh, man. What encouraged you to kind of dress up? You know what? Halloween is my favorite time of year. I just love everything about it. I love the spookiness. I love gothic things in general. I like dressing up. And, um, you know, I, I don't think Halloween comes often enough. And uh, so it was like, oh, okay, cool. I can do this. And it's just an extra way for me to dress up. And um, I'm a little less invested now. I, I, I'm considered a casual cosplayer. I only go to maybe one or two conventions in a year. There are people on the con circuit that do this month over month and catch almost every single con they can afford. It is a very expensive hobby, though. So um, I remember, yeah, it is, because especially if they're, if you're a content creator, if you're one of those influencers who invest a lot of time and money into that hobby, um, I'm sure, especially if you're like an attractive, like, e-girl, e-boy, um, you can you can get a good following. But it, it does take a lot of work. You have to, you know, pay for a photographer if you want to do like a photo shoot or something, unless you're really cool with a photographer who's willing to do it for free. You have to buy the props, buy the makeup, buy the accessories, the costumes and stuff, or bake them yourselves, which are cheaper, but a little more time consuming. And um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a really cool hobby, but um it's a really expensive hobby. I, I personally, I store by everything just because I do not have the time and I don't have the skill to really craft my own shit. So, um, you know, I'm just, What's I'm just the most you've have... spent on designing your own costume. The most I've spent, that's a good question. Um, I think when I was Dr. Fate a few years ago, um, I had to, at that time, I would buy my costume and then also the girl I was dating at the time also cosplayed. So I'd buy some of her crap and, uh, no, it was, it was super expensive. Just the fabric alone. I think it was like $9 a yard. So I think I, for my cape alone, it was like three yards worth of stuff for the armor and the cape and everything. So 27 for the fabric, then the jumpsuit and the helmet. I'm, I'm pretty sure that costume altogether probably costs somewhere in, in around the 200, 200, 220 range, something like that. A little under 300, I do remember that much. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that's not even including the time I paint and the time she spent sewing it and stuff like that. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a lot. And there's some people who have these really sweet, really cool looking setups where like they have foam armor and uh, a lot of the World of Warcraft cosplays are very difficult because they have really big, chunky like pieces of armor. 
and um, it looks really cool, but it's like I get like again, you either have to commission someone to make it for you, which you know of course they're going to charge you for their time, uh, or you make it yourself, which is you know you have to pay for supplies and invest time doing it and sanding it, making painting it, making sure it's good. And I don't have the space, I don't have the time, I don't want to spend as much money, so I, I tend to stick to really super simple things, uh, quite frankly. Oh, see me, two hundred bucks, I would buy some cigars and the whiskey. Yeah, yeah, that's honestly <laughs> like you know, and especially because like with those events, you wear them one time, and you know, you generally when you get to a certain enough influence, it's it's looked down on to wear the same you know outfit multiple times and because then you know you those are certain costumes you can't really throw in a washing machine either right yeah. so you have to take special care of it take it to a laundry bat or something for them to special clean it or whatever and uh yeah it's a lot <laughs> it's just a lot so that's why i um you know, I don't. I don't do more than one or two conventions a year. I, there's actually one going on this weekend. I wanted to go to, but I'm I'm just too busy. I couldn't uh, make it, unfortunately. And also the the weather did not help either. And uh, this this week. Oh, that's crazy, man. man. It's it's um. It's something to actually, you know, it's a good hobby. I feel that it takes a lot of people out of something. Just like you said before, it kind of helped you pull through. I mean, without that, you probably would have been kind of, I don't know, still in limbo somewhere. Yeah, um, it's um, it's fun. Um, I think, so just to give you some background, I was out of a breakup during COVID. So because of COVID, there was not a lot of things open and I was not happy with my appearance. So I didn't want to go out and socialize or do anything like that. And Comic-Con was like the first big event I went to after I had lost a lot of weight. And I had a lot of people approach me and be like, oh, man, who is this confident motherfucker here? He's lost a lot of weight. He's happy. He's looking looking fresh, man. I'm like, hell yeah, I was Superboy. And he, that was one of the comic book characters I wanted to do for a while. Um, I wanted to dress up and be that character for about two or three years, but I didn't because just money and I didn't want to do it at the time but after I lost a bit of weight and after I felt good about myself I did it had a big splash met a lot of people and it was it was a really good experience and um in in cosplay there's different subcultures too you'll have people that focus on crafting you'll have people that focus more on like the party scene where like they they're mostly at con to socialize primarily and also to like hang out with other people and like you know because they're typically held at conventions so what they typically do in conventions is they'll hang out a cosplay and drink and just have a good time, you know. Um, if you look up Dragon Con in Georgia, if you just look up any videos, it, it's a really big party con. It's like um, that's one of them. So you can you can find different like different subcultures within that culture. Like the Disney cosplayers will act one way. And the DC and anime characters will act another way, and the Marvel characters act like a certain way. It's kind of like high school almost, like different yeah. things, if you think of it like that. Like the safe haven for all the not wanted, wanted in the in society, right? Right. I, I wouldn't say that. It's a bit more mainstream now, but yeah, it, you can you can generally go there and let your freak flag fly, and you know, yeah. people are just be, be free to be yourself. Yeah. Exactly. That's crazy, mess. And that's why I kind of wanted to talk about it because I feel I feel like it's not talked about as much. I mean, you see it in the Big Bang Theory, you know, these very smart 
people going to Comic Con, going to a, a magazine store, uh, I mean a comic book store, and and just talking about their favorite superheroes or or comparing each other to a certain anime, and uh, it's only portrayed as as a nerdy thing. But honestly, I feel like. Uh, which brings me to my next question. What would you tell someone who is kind of trying to jump on the uh, on the bandwagon uh, concerning anime or superhero and, and they just don't know where to start? For example, me, I, I, I kind of like it, but I, I don't know where to start. People tell me, hey, watch uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. I think that's one of them. Jujutsu Kaisen, uh, yeah, that one's a few. Watch that one. And I'm like, okay, I started watching it. I like the first episode. Uh, well, I kind of watched it in like a span of a week. So I watched like 10 minutes one day and then 10 minutes another. Uh, but I seem to kind of, I, I feel like I miss something, you know, um, these people get into it and they talk about uh, nicknames that heck was, I don't know, let's say 10 episodes in and then uh, they'll bring up a nickname in the fifth episode and they'll remember that it's never spoken of again. And they still remember it after like 10, 20 episodes. Uh people who are truly invested into watching the show. So what would you tell someone like me who's trying to get invested into anime, but we just don't know where to start? Gotcha. Yeah, because it's it's a pretty big beast to tackle. You have to uh, kind of know what you're looking for. Uh, For me, I know I like a lot of action. I like horror and suspense sometimes. So just depending on what I feel like watching one particular day, if I want to watch something horror-like and uh, something gritty, I'll put on either like Berserk or like Tokyo Ghoul. If I want to watch, you know, something superhero-y, My Hero Academia is one of my favorite ones because it scratches my superhero itch. And also it's an anime and it's it's a really good anime, really good storytelling at that too. So I would listen to suggestions. Uh, when you're at the con scene, you can kind of see what's popular by the amount of, you know, people donning a certain character's costume. Um, when I started watching My Hero Academia, and I'm just using that as an example, when I was in college, it was a very niche anime, not very many people known about it. I dressed up as one of the characters from My Hero Academia, and I was, like, surrounded. I was like a celebrity almost when I went to that event because all of a sudden everyone was like, oh, my God, Bakugo, hi, you know, and they, like, it was a really new anime, not very many people known about it. It was barely taking off in its second season. And then now if you go to an anime convention, you'll probably find dozens and dozens of, like, Deku and Bakugo and all the characters from from that show because now it's super popular. It's arguably just as popular as DC and Marvel now. So, um, you know, I would say just first identify what you like to watch. You know, if you're more action oriented, maybe try some shonen manga. If you like, um, if you like say maybe not action, this is probably more for the girlies. If you like romance and humor, then you can try to find whatever comedy, you know, anime is out there and there, there's certain lists you can look at you can see like popularity rankings you don't have to put as much detail into it i just find whatever's on hulu and netflix or hbo that's just readily accessible to me and i just watch that um so it's um it's, it's just really up to your own devices you just i i just find whatever's easy to access to me some people go as far as subscribing to country roll and all country roll is is the is the streaming sites is that it, it's all anime, which is fantastic, 
But, um, you know, I, I just feel like, yeah, now, now it's a whole other issue. Now, great, now what do I watch? You know, unless I want to watch something very specific and very niche that is not anywhere else will I subscribe to, like, another subscription channel like that just to watch that one thing. Mm. Yeah, so it, it really is growing. That's just crazy. Yeah, I was actually, um, I was talking to one of my brother-in-laws. He's, uh, I believe he's 17. And he 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 likes anime. I don't want to say love because maybe I'm wrong. I, but he likes it a lot. And uh, we were talking about this as well. I told him I was going to interview you, and um, and kind of the the whole bullying part. And I was impressed to hear that in high school they don't really bully you anymore for anime. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm on the one hand I'm glad right bullying is stopping on that. Um, on that side but um as we grow older you know i've i've come to realize that anime is pretty cool you know in high school i tried to be a cool i mean you know me from when we were a kid and i i always try to portray the gangster um the thug life right. and um as i grew i started to notice that i like things that others don't and i kind of understand the the, the anime world now um Speaking of anime world, uh, which I don't know why I just said that it was kind of random. Um, what's the difference between anime? Uh, what was the other one you you just said? Mag manga, manga, yeah, M manga, and uh, and pretty much DC Marvel stuff. So that that's a very interesting topic. So I'll, I'll share with you a fun fact you probably didn't know. Um, right now, manga sells, which is basically Japanese comic books. So how animes are typically made is that they're, they come out as manga first. They come out as comic books, like Shonen Jump Manga. That's the weekly magazine that releases every week with Shonen in Japan. And they, you know, basically all your favorite shows, all the mainstream action. Shonen translates to like a uh, young boy, I think. And so, uh, you know, Shonen Magazine, it's kind of like the Young Boy Magazine. So your typical Young Boy teenage demographic, all your Dragon Ball Z, all your, my Hero, let's see, My Hero Academia, Dragon Ball Z, Bleach, Naruto, all of that, uh, that came from Shonen Manga, Shonen Magazine. And so all your action, more male-oriented anime will come from that and I think Japan has a really good setup because what they'll do is they'll release it, they'll release manga first, and then they take polls all the time. Um, they they have a really good fandom where, like, you know, they're very engaged, they're very interactive with their fans, so they always be like, okay, which manga sold the most in this week? Which one is, like, the most popular? Oh, this one is selling the most. Okay, so we should probably, if this one is so popular, we should probably make an anime about it and then see what happens. And then they'll, you know, contract an, an anime writing company, an animation studio that will do the anime. And then they'll release it for mass market appeal. And then based on the popular of the anime, then more people watch it and more people dig into it and buy merchandise and, you know, fill their pockets. So I, I think they have a very good machine uh, when it comes to Japanese anime with DC and Marvel. Um, you know, it's not one writer writing Batman comics. It's like a team of writers writing different Batman comics at a time. And then, you know, a board of directors, which, you know, I think Disney now owns Marvel and Warner Brothers owns DC Comics. 
they'll be like, okay, we need a character who fills XYZ quota, or we need a story that says this. And, um, you know, and then they'll give like some general directive. And sometimes they can be good. Sometimes they can be bad. It's really debatable. There's a really big debate in the comic book industry right now about it. But um, with comics, you write a story. If it does very well, it now becomes part of canon. Uh, canon is just short term for like the official, like that's what generally everybody accepts. So if you remember like maybe 20 years ago, Batman did not have a son. He just had Robin. And then around 2010, Damian Wayne, the fourth Robin, came out. And then now, ev almost in every iteration of Batman ever since then, he's always had, uh, what is it, uh, Dick Grayson, Nightwing, Jason Todd, second Robin, Tim Drake, third Robin, and now Damian Wayne is like his official son. And in almost every Batman story since then, it's always Damian Wayne and Bruce Wayne, Batman and Robin, father and son, is that duo, that dynamic duo. And uh, I grew up in the Tim Drake era. I really liked Dick Grayson. He's probably my favorite Robin. But um, I feel like the fans kind of decide to a degree within DC Comics. But also corporations can make very drastically stupid decisions where if they do something or make a certain story decision, if enough fans hate it, they're like, oh, never mind. This didn't actually happen, even though there's a comic book where the thing happened. So it's... I feel like with DC characters and comic book characters, it's more community property to a degree. It's corporate slash fan property, so community property. And then with manga, the writer and Arthur makes all the decisions, writes the story he wants to write. There's very little interruption from editorial, except maybe, hey, maybe pad this chapter out an extra couple, couple pages, or hey, do this thing. But very much their hands off. The only thing about Japan is they have very strict quality control and they have very strict deadlines. So, you know, it's very common for those mangaka or what, what are basically known as like, um, like manga artists and manga writers to quite literally work themselves to death because they're just on it all the time. They have tight deadlines and they have to make an entire comic book every week which is crazy and they have teams that will help them interns that will help like do all the menial stuff like do the typing and do the do like um certain bits of art but um it's it, it's a process so with with japan there's there's some ethical things because these people do need like anime studios if you google mappa um there's a common joke in the anime community where like you know oh the mappa is doing this anime now and everyone's like oh great we love mappa because they do really good animation but they are so overworked and they're getting paid like pennies on the dollar compared to what artists here make and artists are here don't even make that much in, in america so they're like ah oh, man are these guys ever gonna see their families <laughs> like it's it's a sad joke but it's it's true. It, they have really good quality, but they overwork their artists to a certain point. So it's an ethical dilemma with here. We have, you know, artists obviously work 40 hour days. They get paid reasonably well, but they don't really have as much creative freedom. So that's why I think comic sales are tanking because anime, you know, you start at chapter one and then chapter one, two, three, four, five. And it's just very consistent, very linear storytelling. With comics, okay, if I want to read Batman, where do I start? Where you could start at the original Batman, which was 1927, or you can read Batman Year Zero, which came out in this year, 
or you can read Prime Earth of Batman, which came out in 2010, and it's just it's crazy with comic books. There's it's like a non-linear storyline, and um, and it's it's just it, I think it's a lower area entry barrier for people to start manga because you just start at chapter one versus if at comics, you can start with almost any Batman comic and maybe it'll be the right one maybe not you don't know so it's it's crazy and so uh personally i think that's why anime is just in manga is just taking off because it's just simpler and it's fresh and you don't have to worry about years and years and years of like lore and backstory and stuff before you can really get started that's incredible you know too much man <laughs> that's yeah i i i read a lot i i read a lot and i know things <laughs> yeah same here i i read a whole bunch i mean Right now I have bookshelf there, books right behind the camera. But knowing that much on the story of anime man, uh, manga and stuff. Manga, yes. That's that's uh that's incredible. I me personally, <laughs> I don't think I'll be able to keep up with it. I started I was actually studying a little bit on it and I couldn't keep a lot I couldn't retain it. This is from years and years of me enjoying manga, reading it. I don't even really buy, I, I don't have the money to buy books and I don't have the bookshelf space to buy all the books that I want. So uh, this is going to be me being sneaky and promoting piratism, but I sometimes I'll just listen to it on like YouTube, sometimes on certain groups. Uh, I'm like part of like a Facebook uh, what is it, My Hero Academia group, where occasionally they'll post, like, the latest manga updates as, like, images that you can just skim through. And um, the cool thing about manga is that it is typically ahead of where the anime is at. So um, there's an anime called Attack on Titan that I thoroughly enjoy because I really relate to the main character. And um, the manga is probably super duper dark, but super duper well written to that point. It's about like, if you read the subtext, it's about like war and imperialism and race and genocide. And it's like, it's all wrapped up in like anime, you know, an anime art style. The manga art style is a lot grittier and darker. They clean it up in the anime to make it a little more accessible for mass market appeal and a bigger audience. Wow. But, so um, pretty much something I, for everyone. Yeah, exactly. It's something for everybody. I enjoy the darker and grittier things, but I know very many people who don't. One of my good friends who I play D and D with on Saturday nights, uh, she likes cutesy bootsy stuff. So she likes her sailor moon. She likes her, uh, melancholy of Haruhi's, whatever that anime is called. So she likes all her cute girl animes. I could not tell her, hey, go try reading Berserk, because that's that's not her wheelhouse. That is not her taste. She will not like that, you know? Yeah. In page one of Berserk, I think this guy is clapping demon cheeks and then blowing a demon's head up with, like, his hand cannon, arm cannon or something. It's I enjoy gritty stuff. I enjoy, you know, stuff because I can handle that. I know not everybody can. So I'm like, okay, cool, you know? I apologize if you hear that leaf blower. It's... Just my luck. They they're blowing no, it's today. Fine. Uh, it's okay. No worries. Not not. I could barely even notice. Oh, okay. I, just in case. No oh, worries. Oh man, I forty three minutes, man. That's quite a. And I I know we can continue talking about it. I feel that there's so much to talk about. Um, and uh, and so much detail we can get into. I bet your I bet your girlfriend's gonna be very happy to see you on Spotify. 
Oh, 100%. Also, actually, shout out to her. So this is something, because Valentine's Day is coming up, I just wanted to share about this from last year because she did something that I just thought was incredibly sweet. So my favorite manga is Berserk. And the reason I the reason I like those types of manga is because I can relate to the main characters a lot. And um, so I would post about it all the time on TikTok, you know, just different images, different pieces of, you know, stuff from the manga. And she was like, hey, what would you like for Valentine's Day? And I'm like, get me Berserk Volume 3, like the deluxe edition, because it, it's a really big book. So you can really enjoy all the art and stuff because it's really big. And she's like, volume three, how many volumes are there? I'm like, there's like 12 right now. I think they're making more because they're taking the manga and just making it bigger and condensing three books into one. So that's why I'm buying the deluxe editions because it's a nice black hardcover and it just looks nice and it's bigger and it's just easier to read. And I was like, oh yeah, just get me volume three. And she's like, how many volumes are there? I'm like, oh, there's 12, but they're going to make more later. And she's like, oh, oh, okay, okay. And then, like, a week later, there's, like, a giant package that comes to my home. And Grandma's like, uh, what the hell is this? Why are you buying crap? What is this? And I'm like, I didn't buy this. I didn't do this. What is this? And um, actually, I still have it in a box. I can show you, actually. Hold on. Give me one second. This is about half of it. So my girlfriend went out and bought me $600 worth of comic books for Valentine's Day last year. Oh, wow. $600 worth of manga. And these are not like the little leaflet mangas that are about the size of your iPhone. These are like the big, the big boy mangas. And the reason I like them is because you can really enjoy the art, as you can see. Like, you know, it's nice and big, so you can really appreciate the attention to detail the artist does when it comes to these types wow. of things. And so she knew I like this particular manga, and she said herself, I don't understand it. I think it's weird, but because you like this, here you go. And, oh, boy, I was in love ever since then. I was already, oh, so she doesn't I was already watch in love. anime and stuff? She watches some anime, but she likes the cutesy wootsy girl anime. So I think the anime she likes is My Life as a Villainess. Uh, there was one anime we watched together, though, that I kind of, like, I was watching with her when I was hanging out with her one day, and she was watching it with me, and she just really liked it. She finished it the next uh, week after we were done. Um, we were, she watched, um, what is it? It's on Netflix. Um, fucking Beastars, that's what it's called. And, uh, yeah, that's, I, I don't usually like the type of romance anime, but it, I just really liked the story. It was a really well done story, quite frankly. And also, fun fact, um, Baki, uh, which is an anime and manga I like, it's about guys who fight and they look really jacked and, you know, just really great for the male gaze and stuff. Uh, the daughter of the creator of Baki is actually the creator of and writer of Beastars, which is that anime about like, it's like some, an it's like animal people who go to high school and a wolf boy falls in love with a rabbit girl. That's just kind of the short version of that story, but it's a really cute story. It's a really nice one. Well done. And um, yeah, and she she just really liked it. She like finished it like the next week. She's like, is there any more coming out? And I'm like, yeah, season three is going to come out around this time. Don't worry. We'll watch it together. You know, she got really hooked onto it because that's the type of thing that she likes. Oh, man. Hey, that, as long as you can share your your passion with someone, 
Oh yeah, a hundred percent. By all means, it's uh, it's a really good one, you know. And um, yeah, yeah, it's just it's just nice being able to share that with with someone you're with, you know. Just having a common interest, I feel like in yeah. general, is super healthy, super oh, good. For sure, man, that's great, man. Well, I think I'm gonna have to cut our conversation short. Um, I think I'm gonna be seeing you uh, in two weeks. Yes, yes. My girl is coming to Houston, and I will be in Houston the week of the 17th. So um, I planned on a couple of things to do that weekend. Um, I'm thinking we can do brunch or something yeah, yeah. Uh, that morning, or, you know, I'm still figuring it out. I'm still sorting out some things with other people that I have other friends in Houston that live there, too. I think uh, that night on Saturday, we're going to do something and i think we have brunch that morning and then brunch next morning open so i think we'll probably you know do like a quick breakfast you know have our girlfriends our our spouses interact and you know see how it goes from there yeah, yeah. all right perfect man well then thank you for uh being my first video guest uh yeah by all means i'm excited to be here man hopefully in the future down 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 the road we can actually uh have a personal one-on-one live um on this whole world of comic-con because I, I i have more questions i was developing them as i was ta- as you were talking actually uh, but you know how it is in the podcast world you, we can't make things too long unless you're joe rogan uh, oh of course right <laughs> yeah so uh thank you very much and hope to see you soon man yeah definitely good good talking to you thank you for having me all right man Take care. Thank you. You too.